guys welcome to another episode of the next one up podcast um i just have to say the divisional round of the nfl playoffs was insane every single game literally came down to the wire like you didn't even have to turn off your televisions until like the final seconds this was one of the rare moments that I didn't even peek at the Blazers score because I was so focused on football, just like I'm sure the rest of the world was. The NBA has to surrender to them, but it was incredible. Like I, people on Twitter were saying it's got to be the best in football history. As I'm saying, everyone was like, okay, this should just be Super Bowl weekend. Like we're done here because no one wants to be disappointed <laughs> after this. Um, so let's start out. Um, let's go. We can go in order. Like uh, Bengals, Titans. Um, so the Bengals went to Tennessee. So actually, which is funny, the um, director of ticketing for the Titans like shortened the window on when, um, like when you had to transfer your tickets by to sellers to try to limit the amount of Bengals fans in the stadium. Oh my God, that's what the Rams were trying to do. The yeah. Rams were preaching about that too. And it's wow. hard. It's even more so like this week when it's Ram San Fran because everyone's in California already. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but the Bengals ended up winning um, and it came down to a field goal. I, the moral of this game that I want to say is that turnovers are more significant than st- than sacks. It is all about possession of the football. Burrow was sacked nine times. Tannehill was picked off three times and that changed the game. Okay. But I will say the jokes about the Bengals offensive line almost made it worth it. I don't wish injury upon Joe Burrow, but even Carly was making some pretty funny comments on Twitter about it. But I don't know, Carly, from what you saw, like, is the O-line just that bad? Like, were they that bad all season? So I know they had an injury. Um, I don't know what happened. Um, like it's the Titans have a pretty good defensive front between like Jeffrey Simmons and uh, Landry and Bud Dupree, but nine sacks. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like if the scheming was off, I don't know if they were just like having a bad day as a unit. Like I get like, you could be have a really bad O-line and you still don't give up nine sacks. Um, I also think that, they should have done a bet. Well, a couple of things. You, as good as Burrow is, you saw his youth in him holding onto the ball for too long, um, which as he'll get older, he'll get better at understanding when he needs to throw that ball away. And also in terms of play calling, they should have made an adjustment after like the first few sacks to start moving him outside the pocket before he threw um, like the Giants did do that a lot with Daniel Jones because they have a bad line. They move him out of the pocket and then he'll throw the ball. Gives him more time. So those are a couple of things that I saw there. So two things to say about that. One, if you enjoy Carly's analysis, like I do, stay tuned because we will be making some really fun TikToks of Carly kind of like breaking down games and kind of what to look for. So Stay tuned for that series. I'm really excited. And two, I think it's crazy because we have to talk a little bit about Evan McPherson, right? He's a 22-year-old kicker. And if you didn't see on our Instagram, we actually posted this. 
he said before he obviously scored, he was like, looks like we're going, like, looks like we're making it because he just had a, he knew he was going to make it before he even kicked. And that level of confidence, you know, was, was really inspirational to me. I was just going to say, I love that confidence. And the thing about kicking is these guys have the ability. We know that, but when it comes down to it, it's all about mental. Um, and that is what usually happens. Like kickers, they're not in it mentally or something happens to them mentally when they do miss those key, um, those key kicks. So like having that, especially as a rookie, um, like a 22 year old rookie that is, um, really like shows that he's a pro. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was, it was a good, it was a good game. I'm looking forward to seeing our bandwagon team thrive. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) The next game that uh, was the night game on Saturday was absolutely crazy. Um, Packers 49ers at Lambeau Field. Um, I didn't expect this game to come at, turn out like this. At no all. one did. I don't think um, anyone did. I think. Well, it was definitely a low-scoring game, and a contributor to that was definitely the weather. Um, there was, like, precipitation in the freezing cold, and then the field started to freeze over. So, like, receivers couldn't get traction those type of things, which definitely makes it a more low scoring game. Um, but it was just such a crazy game um, because San Francisco really won because of defense and two absolutely incredible special teams plays, a blocked field goal and a block punt. Those don't happen a lot to begin with, but for both to happen in one game is really, really crazy. Yeah. And I think like for me, I don't know if you were rooting. I didn't ask you this. I don't know if you're rooting for any particular person. I'm assuming you're rooting for the 49ers because of Jimmy. I could be wrong, but watching Aaron Rodgers in the field in that loss at home after the game, that's an image that I can't get out of my head. I think that's pretty wild. Um, so there's going to be a lot of implications for what's going to happen next. Um, let's talk Bucks Rams. Um, the question I have after watching this game, and I don't know the answer, and I don't think anyone knows the answer, is did we just watch Tom Brady's last game? And he won't talk about it. He's being so vague when people ask. He's like, I appreciate your interest, but I just want to be grateful for the moment right now. And I'm like, no, Tom, what's, what's going on? We need to know. And the way this game went, the Bucks were down by a few scores going in the half it looked it was all rams um and they turned it around the second half um tied it up and unfortunately well fortunately for rams fans but um ended up losing by a field goal and this was weird the irony here the rams kicker who kicked the game winner matt gay was a draft pick by the bucks in 2019 and they cut him last year for Ryan Suckup and then the Rams picked him up so very like weird irony that like he came back and kicked the winning field goal at Raymond James Stadium I love that I didn't know that little tidbit of trivia right there but that's yeah, freaking awesome and I don't know if you felt this way Kelly but I was talking to some of my Giants friends when we arrived from the game and I think our biggest takeaway was like we would literally kill to have Sean McVay as a coach. Like, I really like him. I've always liked him, and I think he would be like awesome. I like him a lot. Um, I think he's a really smart guy. Um, I mean, they even were saying like McVay, Lafleur, and Shanahan all come from like the same camp of coaches, and they've all mm-hmm. proved to be like really, really good young coaches. 
Um, and I like the way he handled things with Stafford, like him and Stafford are like basically the same age. So even in the beginning of their like relationship as coach and quarterback, um, Stafford and him like met, like went on vacation somewhere, like met somewhere like tropical and like talked about the deals of like how it would go down and like what, you know, Stafford expectations were and what McVay's expectations were. And they just like hung out and talked about it, um, which is like shows that McVay like knows, you know, how to personally build relationships with his players. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think like, that's kind of sometimes a benefit of being like a younger coach. Um, and I want to say something, I don't know if people remember this, but me and Carly had talked about Matt Stafford on one of our like previous episodes saying that people were generally like divided on him and we were always kind of his supporter. So I want to say, Matt, coming full circle, we supported you then we're supporting you now. And uh, we, we believe in. Yes. <laughs> um, and Let's talk about um, the final game of the divisional round, which may have been the most controversial ending of the four, um, the Bills and Chiefs game. Um, Crazy, absolutely crazy game. Um, We're going to be seeing Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes do this for um, many, many years to come in this league they are both so so talented um and just incredible leaders um so it came down to overtime um and the chiefs won the coin flip ended up you know marching down the field um and scoring a touchdown and there's no you know if they score a touchdown the game's over it's only if they feel score a field goal you get last legs and a lot of people are saying that we need to change the NFL overtime rules because it seems like the you know the team that wins the coin flip wins the game because the defense is just gassed at that point and we already knew they were gassed because Patrick Mahomes had 13 seconds to tie the game and he did um so they were completely tired at that point and you know they couldn't do anything about it and the Chiefs easily won the game and, and the ball never went back to Josh Allen's hands. Um, and a lot of people are really frustrated about that. I'd have to agree with those frustrations. And you mentioned they only had a few seconds toward the end. And I think something that we learned that's pretty crazy is that Travis Kelsey told Mahomes, I'm not going to run the play probably that's called. I'm probably going to do my own thing. I'm just going to go down the middle. So the fact they won that game off Travis Kelsey just making like a split second decision is my favorite part of the whole entire um, football weekend. Well, you love Travis Kelsey. Um, okay, so there's a little bit of bias, but I think we can yeah. all agree that making your own decision last minute like that to win a game like that is pretty big. Well, it does definitely speak to the chemistry, the natural chemistry that Mahomes and Kelsey have developed. Um, so there's definitely that. Um, and I will say, I think something that would be interesting to see, because a lot of people are talking about the overtime rules, Um I'm sure someone has done this study like how you know how many teams win based on the coin flip or you know if you win the coin flip do you win the game um I'm curious to see what the outcome is you know it's possible that I mean people talk college rules which is kind of like you start in like the red zone basically and then you like take turns like scoring until someone doesn't score and those 
It was like, it goes to like 11 overtimes. So I don't know, but I do think they need to make an adjustment because um, what we saw on Sunday night um, was kind of like, we, we wish we would have more. We wish the ball got back in Josh Allen's hands. Um, I think there, there should have been like a, a more, I guess, fair ending is, is the way to put it. I think so too. And I feel like Josh Allen handled himself really professionally in the post-game interview when he was asked about it. Like he was kind of like, I mean, yeah, I love opportunity, but it is what it is. And we just didn't get it today. And Mahomes ran down the field to go find Josh Allen after the game to like kind of give him a hug and they had this little embrace. So I think from one young talent to another, like you said, it's going to be exciting to see them play, you know, the next years and seeing what happens between them. Yeah, I love, I love that. Um, and like, like we said, um, they're going to be the face of these franchises for a long time, the face of the, the faces of the NFL. Um, but we do want to talk about one quick thing. Um, there are a lot of GM and head coach openings and they're getting filled. Um, Giants hired their new GM, Joe Sheen. Um, he How was, are we feeling, Carly? I'm happy. Test. I, I wanted, I wanted him. Um, I think he was like the front runner and I'm, I'm happy about it. Um, he came from the bills. He had Parcells stamp of approval from when Parcells was an executive um, with the Miami Dolphins. So, um, and Shane worked with him there. So, you know what? A Parcells stamp of approval is good for me. Um, but we definitely did want to touch on, and I know like Sarah has been really inspired by the story of the Bears' new general manager. Yes. So Ryan Poles, this has kind of been everywhere. Front Office Sports, which is an account that I love, posted about it. But in 2008, he joined the Bears as an undrafted free agent. Then he kind of worked his way up in the football world um, for the Chiefs. He was in scouting and then director of player personnel. And now in 2022, he joins the Bears as the team's new GM. I think that career progress is inspiring and amazing. And it kind of reminds me of Carly a lot because Obviously, in high school, she would always say that her goal was to be a GM in the NFL, and she started her career as a scouting assistant, similar to Rye, and that's how he started his path. So I, I found that really inspirational. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think it shows a lot of people, like, if you work hard, like, you'll you'll succeed in it. It does. It is really cool. He came full circle. So he was an undrafted free agent with the Bears, and now is the GM of the Bears. Um, and he he's someone that I think has, like, really – taken like everything in his career in stride um and um I'm honored that you thought of me while reading about him um we have a really good interview for you guys today um get ready to get inspired get ready to want to be challenged and better yourselves um and with that we will see you at our interview Hi guys, we're here with journalism powerhouse, Maggie Palmer, who's the founder and CEO of Pep Talk Her, the app that's on a mission to close the gender pay gap. Maggie, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thanks for hosting me. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Um, so we wanted to get into the app and obviously your background, but first kind of like your journalism. So you started your career in journalism as a foreign correspondent. How did that kind of frame your vision and desire to want to help women climb the corporate ladder? Yeah, so when I was a journalist, I loved my job. It was so fun and I got to travel all around the world and meet so many interesting people who really generously like let me into their lives to, to sort of share their stories. 
you know, during natural disasters, um, war zones on the red carpet with people like Brad Pitt. Those were some of the more fun assignments. Um, but like I had an experience at one point in my career where I found out accidentally through someone else that my pay uh, and the conditions in my contract were pretty different to the guys who were doing the same stuff who sat next to me in the office. And so I said something because I kind of thought that's what you're supposed to do. See something, say something, you know, the drill. Uh, but it didn't go down well. And I was certainly, um, I would say, a victim of a lot of bias and discrimination, gaslighting, really, of like, how dare you? You should be grateful to have a job, which obviously I was very grateful to have a job. I loved my job, but that didn't change the fact that like there was some some shady stuff going on. Um, and so it was for me, um, it was like a blinkers off moment, Sarah and Carly, and it was just like, oh, this is like the real world. And I just wanted to like try and figure out how we could help that um, stop happening to other women because I didn't want other people to go through the stress that I went through. And so long story short, Pep Talk Her was born and yeah, now we've got the community and the app and that's kind of how it started. Along this journey of from that moment when you had that aha moment to building this brand, are there any specific women who have inspired you along the way? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I there's obviously so many impressive women um, out there and I have the privilege to meet to, to meet a lot of them. But for me, honestly, like I'm most inspired by people you've probably never heard of. Like, I just think anyone who has been a parent during the pandemic, frankly, deserves a medal. I think that there are so many women doing roles and jobs in society that are crucial, like our teachers and our nurses. Um, and they, in my opinion, are just not paid or recognized to the level that I believe that they should be. You know, I, I and so for me, those are the people that I admire. And when I reflect on history, you know, the the feminist movement that's been happening for hundreds of years, people like Rosa Parks, like people who took a stand in their life, right? Who were ordinary in inverted commas people. You know, they were not necessarily politicians or famous movie stars. They were just people and they saw something and they said something and they tried to change the system. And no doubt they copped a lot of flack at the time for that. But to me, that's courage. And to me, that's leadership that I really admire. I love that because I think about the woman in my life who inspired me and it's like when you see those those like stories of you know the mothers throughout the pandemic or even people that are trying to work free jobs and whatnot like those real life lessons are things you can learn more from that than anybody else but um you know you mentioned obviously a pep talk app that's what we want to focus on can you talk about pep talker and the brand itself and how that's grown to what it is today yeah, so Pep Talk Her, that's H-E-R, is the name of my company. And I started it a couple of years ago and I've been full time. It was a side hustle when I was a journalist. And now it's been going for, I don't even, I've been full time on it, I guess, two and a half years. So maybe side hustling for like maybe six years, something like that. Um, so it didn't kind of happen overnight. And it just started as like the worst website you have ever seen because I built it myself via YouTube tutorials on WordPress and it was nasty. Uh, that's how it started. It was like me doing an all-nighter on YouTube, like trying to code. It was so bad. But I just started it with that and then eventually started an Instagram account and then started helping friends of friends and it kind of just snowballed. And now, you know, the mission for us is closing the pay gap. And that looks like getting your listeners more money. It looks like helping them strategize for how to get promotions. Um, and because, you know, when we have money, we have power and choice. 
that's that's what I believe and that's what kind of excites me about it. So we have um we have 60,000 women around the world. Um a lot of them use our free app that you can download. It's on Apple and Android. It's called Pep Talk Her and it's kind of like a like a brag book. It's like an online brag book, kind of like a Fitbit for your career, that kind of a vibe and it just sends you a prompt. It'll be like, "Sarah, what's up?" What are you really proud of today? Or, you know, Carly, anything you want to remember at performance review time? And so you start to collect like little wins at work, you know, and it's very powerful when you walk into a performance review or a job interview. And instead of just saying, I really want this job, that's like fine. Or I really want to raise. Okay, no problem. Fine. Like you'll get a six out of 10, seven out of 10. But if you walk in and say, hey, This year, I've contributed $250,000 in extra revenue. I started the intern program and our SEO has grown 6% since I implemented this new strategy. I'd love to discuss with you my compensation and title going forward. That's a much stronger proposition because all of a sudden your boss is like, whoa, damn, Maggie did do a lot this year. That's kind of epic. And then when when you're saying I'd like an extra 20K or 30K or seven grand, whatever it is, You've got data and meat on the bone to kind of back that up. So it's a, it's a much stronger negotiating position to be in when you've got those data points. And so that's why we built the app. We launched it at an event with Vogue a couple of years ago. And um, yeah, we launched an online course during the pandemic um, that people can check out. We've got heaps of free resources. So like you can go to um, peptalker.com slash challenge. And I do a free live coaching challenge for five days. It's called the Know Your Worth Challenge. And people have been through it and gotten like $5,000, $8,000 pay raises just from those five days. It's like five minutes every day. So it really does move the needle. Um, And then we have bigger programs where people get like 30, 50K pay raises. We had one woman last year. uh, So like, I don't know, three or four months ago, she got $103,000 pay raise. So we know that the method works um, and it's exciting. Yeah. I'm here for the method instituted in my personal personal life. Um, You know, it's funny you mentioned a side hustle. Me and Carly were just talking about the fact that when we go back to the office, because we're remote right now, we don't know like how we're going to maintain our podcast. I feel like when you're doing something like a passion project on the side, it's so hard. Like we literally have meetings like on the bus, you know, going to New York City, like we try to fit it in. I'm sure you probably had to do so many crazy things like that to fit in your, you know, your schedule. Look, I, you know, I feel really privileged. Like, you know, I run a business that is online. I run a business that can run remotely. And I, you know, for me, I, I really feel for people who are in industries or have, have jobs where the pandemic really stuffed them up, you know? Um, so for me, it's probably been a net positive in terms of lifestyle. I don't have to travel as much, you know, um, my, my foot, my, my carbon footprint has gone down. I'm not on planes as often. So I'm grateful for that. And my corporate clients, you know, a lot of, a lot of the revenue model for our business is we partner with fortune 500 companies and like, a lot of tech companies, high growth businesses like Salesforce and Zendesk will engage us to run programming for their high potential leaders, right? And for their for their female employee resource groups and stuff. So all of that's a virtual anyway. So like, I'm kind of here for it, I, but, but, but I also want to acknowledge the privilege that I have that means that I can still run a business because it's not like that for everyone. I reckon I'm more introverted after the pandemic. I don't know about y'all, but I'm kind of, more of a hermit these days no me too I didn't leave my house the past few days like I've just been alone right yeah I still miss people I'm a social butterfly now (laughs) um 
But um, I love what you said about all of that. And I think um, it's just, these are really great things for our listeners to hear that like, it's as simple as, you know, it's not even like something with your program. It's like five minutes a day can make like the biggest difference in your life. I think that's something so important to hear. Yeah, because, you know, we spend, I don't know, like guilty. I spend more than five minutes a day on Instagram. Like I'm not happy about it. I'm not proud about it. And I probably spend more than five minutes a day eating chocolate, if I'm honest. Got a bit of a Smarties addiction during COVID. Um, So like I spend a lot of time or like bits and pieces of little bits of time kind of doing stuff that like probably isn't the best choice of making in my life. And one of the things, you know, since I started my own business, I've invested a lot in coaches, honestly. And I know that like, you know, coaches are a big part of the the passion that you both have as well. And for me, coaching teaches me new skills. It helps me hone my existing skills, but honestly, it keeps me accountable. And I really need that. And so that's one of the reasons why we developed the five day challenge with our um, behavioral psychologist is because we know that we can nudge behavior in the right direction with the right prompts right with accountability with a supportive community right um and with a regular cadence and so that's why we kind of developed the curriculum around the five minutes a day for the five days with the five minute live coaching call with me it's like bite-sized but we know that it makes an impact right and so it's kind of like well if you can be on instagram for 15 20 minutes three hours a day like you may as well spend five minutes a day investing in yourself and your future professional development because often we like graduate college or we get work experience we start working and we just kind of like cruise and we don't really think critically about what we're doing where we're going with our career how our mindset is going which like maybe sounds a bit out there for some people but as you know in the sports industry as well like mindset is everything it's crucial and it's the same in your career absolutely i I completely agree um we do want to ask you about, you know, a personal time where you might have had to negotiate in your career. Um, so at the beginning of your career, you received a fellowship at Tory Burch and were formerly a contributing author at Vogue. Can you share one of your negotiation stories from working in the fashion industry? Yeah, so being a journalist for a long time is interesting, right? Because there's often not a lot of media, uh, sorry, not a lot of money in the media industry, right? And they kind of often will expect you to take jobs because it's like, oh, what a great opportunity or, oh, you're, you're getting experience as a TV reporter. Like you should be paying us, you know, that kind of vibe that can happen in certain industries where a lot of people want to get into it. Um, and I think, you know, the biggest mistake that I made honestly was my first job. Um, I was offered a job as a full-time reporter in Australia where I'm originally from. I live in New York now, but, um, I took the job and I didn't negotiate. I just took it. And I think it was paying like $28,000 a year. And I was like, woo, I am living. This is amazing. I can get Thai takeaway once a week. Like I'm crushing life. I was like, so happy with that salary. Um, And then it was a long time. Like I didn't even, it was like 10, 15 years ago. So it was like a decent amount of time ago, but it's still a pretty crappy wage if we're honest. But the biggest mistake I made was not asking the question. And I know now that when you don't negotiate at that very first career juncture, on average, that means that I'm going to retire with $500,000 less than everyone else who did negotiate. Because, you know, even if I'd gotten them up to $29,000 or $30,000, or if I'd asked for a signing bonus of $1,000, 
those little incremental extra bits of money doesn't sound like much, but over the lifetime, when you, when, you know, percentage of that is obviously put into retirement savings, percentage of that was put into investment accounts and stuff like that when I saved. So compound interest is a real thing. And I wish I'd kind of like got my head around that earlier. So yeah, the, the data is um, if you don't negotiate to start with, you're 500K behind the eight ball, ball when you retire. But don't freak out if you're listening and that's you because I'm right there with you. I mucked it up too. Um, so it's all good because you can learn now and you know now that you do need to ask. You need to ask for a raise every year and you need to have a good reason. It's not enough to just want one, right? You've got to have a good reason and you do because you're awesome at what you do. If you were rubbish, your boss would fire you, um, but they haven't, which means that you're making a contribution, right? Which means that you are good at your job, which means that you are valuable. And your value has a monetary has a monetary um, figure associated with it, right? So you should be asking for a raise every year. Your boss might sometimes say no, right? And that's okay. That happens. Economic conditions sometimes warrant that, etc. But you've got to be asking the question because just like before a sports game where we need to warm up our muscles, it's the same thing when it comes to knowing your value and negotiating. You've got to be stretching those muscles, like getting those big biceps, you know, in inverted commas, um, by practicing. And you're not going to be a great negotiator just like starting out tomorrow. And you're going to feel sick in your stomach and you're going to hate me. You're going to hate meeting Maggie Palmer on that podcast, the chick from Pet Talker. You're going to hate me because you're going to feel awkward. Um, but you've got to practice, right? And so something we can give your listeners a little exercise if you if you want. Should we give them a little challenge to go ahead and do today? I like it. <laughs> Let's yeah. do it. Again, everyone's rolling their eyes like, no, what's she going to make us do? All right. So if you're listening, here is your challenge. What I want you to do is I want you to go to a store, like maybe like your supermarket or something like that. So just head on down to your local supermarket. I'm a bit of a chocoholic, as you may or may not know. So I want you to go find your favorite candy or chocolate. And then I want you to go to the checkout. And you're going to go to the checkout and you're going to be like, hey, how's it going? Cool, cool, cool. And then you're going to say, um, I was just wondering if I could get a discount on this block of chocolate, please. And then what do you reckon is going to happen? They're going to say no. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to think we're insane, probably. Okay. Yeah, they, you might get a bit of a raised eyebrow. They might be like, sorry, what? But then what's going to happen? I guess, like, I mean, you can price match at certain retail stores. So, like, maybe you could ask a manager for a price match. Otherwise, they're just going to be concerned for our mental well-being. But I'm, I'm <laughs> if, if they say, if they do say no, you'll, you're, you're going to say, okay, pay for the chocolate and leave and be fine. Oh, my gosh. You hit the nail on the head. And like, so you got your chocolate, you're pretty happy. Okay, maybe you had to pay for it, fine. But does the world stop spinning? No. Prob's not going to see that person again. Like, yeah, it's true. it's true. You know, but, but what you've taught yourself is that it's okay to ask. It's totally fine for them to say no, right? They don't negotiate normally in supermarkets. And that's reasonable too. Totally fine. We, you know bonus if they do say yes one of my students from the um the five-day challenge um did this recently and the the person at the checkout was like no we don't but we do a seniors discount i could just swipe that for you if you want and she was like yeah i'll take the 10 percent seniors discount why not so i mean you do get lucky sometimes but ultimately the reason i'm asking you to do this exercise is because i want you to start training your brain like it's like it's like a muscle that we got to start stretching you got to ask you got to ask you got to ask 
They might say yes, they might say no, they might say maybe, but you've got to ask the question, right? And you've really got to train yourself like a strict athlete to ask the question and to be ready to sort of pivot the conversation and deal with whatever the answer or whatever the response may be. So let us know if you do this exercise, tag both of us, tag um, Pep Talker and the podcast on socials and let us know how you go. Oh my gosh, Sarah, we have to do it now. You know that. I know. I love how interactive this is. We can like take a little video of it. I love Um, it. But I will say like me and Carly are pretty charming. So we might actually make headway with negotiating our chocolate bar. I love that for you both. <laughs> but I, I feel like I feel like this is your next reel or your next TikTok video. You know, your experience oh, yeah. of asking for a discount at oh, the supermarket. Great. Sarah's sure. gonna be recording me like handing over a chocolate bar. Is that all? Yep. All I want is a <laughs> chocolate bar. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Um, I love this interactive aspect of the podcast. It's been great. Um, you know, you've mentioned a lot about things you've seen and how that kind of made you want to create this app and want to help other women. And obviously you've had the experience of doing this in um, Australia versus now in New York. What are some differences you've seen in advocating for equal pay in these two very different parts of the world? So it's interesting, actually, um, both Australia and the United States and indeed most developed countries like the United Kingdom as well. It's illegal to pay people less, right? Like most countries have law that rules, rules it out. But the thing is, is that we know it still happens. Like I've had it happen to me. Maybe it's happened to you. I'm sure some of our listeners have horror stories, um, which I'm super sad to hear about. Let us know what your story is on Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Um, But it still happens and you can account. So some of the gender pay gap issues you can actually account for. So we know that women are more likely to have time out of the workforce, right? So we can actually account for that. We know that um, when women dominate certain industries, the pay goes down, right? So we know that childcare and nursing, for example, are notoriously badly paid and they happen to be dominated by women. Surprise, surprise, right? But we can actually account for that. Even when you account for factors like that, there's still a gap. There is still a pay gap, right? It's smaller, fine, but it's still a gap. And and that is what researchers reckon is due to unconscious bias and discrimination. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what really interests me and how, how we can change the conversation around this, um, for everyone, right? Like the, the pay gap is so much worse for women of color. Um, and we need to include everyone in these conversations, including male allies as well. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a topic that, um, I'm really, I'm really passionate about and I hope that we can, um, we can close that gap sooner rather than later. Yeah. Do you think like, would you say it's particularly like worse in here than it is in Australia? Like, do you think one is better than the other? You can look at the data and the statistics. It's pretty similar. So normally, and, and I'm generalizing here because depending on where your list is at, typically the gap somewhere between sort of like 13 and 18% ish. That's, that's kind of on average what we're looking at. And it depends if you're full-time, part-time bonus, all that kind of jazz, but like 15 to 20% ish is kind of what we're looking at. Actually, in many ways, the United States is more progressive on this topic than Australia. To be fair, parent, uh, maternity leave is um, is available in Australia, so that's good. So that's you know on the the pr- the plus column for Australia. But here in the United States, we're seeing legislation in you know states like New York, where it's illegal to ask job candidates what they used to earn. So we're seeing legislation, you know, more progressive legislation around these issues come up in California, in certain states in America. When you advertise a job, you need to include the salary. 
um, so that it is transparent. So in many ways, actually, it's more progressed here, um, which is good to see. And we're even seeing conversations around whether there will be mandates for the number of women on boards before they list on the stock exchange, which again, in my opinion, is a wonderful thing because it draws attention to the issue. And we know that when there's attention on it, um, there's efforts put towards it and put towards creating that change. And, you know, the gender pay gap's not just like a fluffy, nice thing to do. Like, it's not just like, yay, feel good, yay. It's actually capital. Like, if you're a capitalist, if you own shares like I do, if you have a 401k account like I do, you should you should care about this stuff because when there are more women at the decision-making table, companies do better and they return a higher return on investment to shareholders. So like, who doesn't want that? I don't care how you identify gender-wise, like it's a good thing. If you're a capitalist, closing the pay gap is a good thing. I love that. I, w- I want to like make that like our slogan, like our, yeah. <laughs> you summarize that so well, seriously. We need yeah. like a mug that has it yeah. on it. Give <laughs> a swag to all of your listeners or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry, Carly, go first. No, go ahead. You, does Pep Talker have their own shop with like t-shirts, mugs and all that? With, like, we used I love to, your we, posts. we, yeah, we had, we had a store. Yeah. Um, it was like a drop shipping situation. And I, I don't know, at some point we closed it down just because I don't know why, but as soon as we closed it, we, of course, we get all these emails of people who yeah. are like, I'm here to request that you bring it back. Like, okay. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll put it on the to-do list. Okay. Uh, the never ending to-do list, bring okay. back the merch. So we're going <laughs> to go barter for chocolate and you're going to look into making merch again. You got it. Cause yeah, we used to have things that was like a woman's places in the boardroom and yes. like, shirts like that. that. It was kind of cool. Like little baby onesies. <laughs> so um, cute. It was really cute. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So fun. Um, well, we're going to wrap up here and we thank you so much for coming on. This has been fun, informative. Um, we have a new challenge. So we're super excited about that. Um, tell everyone <laughs> like where they can find you, where they can find Pep Talk Her, yeah. where they can find your courses. Yeah, well, listen, like I'm excited to see all these vids of people like surreptitiously filming themselves asking for <laughs> a discount on chocolate. So tag us at Pep Talk Her on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. So find me and, and let me know that you listened to this amazing podcast. I'm such a fan of your work. So yeah, please stay in touch. And if you're looking for support for free resources, I would check out peptalkher.com slash challenge. That is for our free live daily challenge. And if you need a pay raise right now, um, I highly recommend you go to peptalkher.com forward slash pay me more. And that is a free cheat sheet that will help step you through how to get a pay raise. Um, of course, there's the app as well. Download it on all of the app stores. Very boring and predictable pep talker. Same name. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank Maggie. you so much, Maggie. You're welcome. Thanks, everyone. This interview gave me ma- major like Caroline Fitzgerald vibes. I don't know if it did for you either, but like, cause one, I left feeling more educated two, way more inspired. And she's giving like concrete tips that women in any industry, sports or really any male dominant career can use. Like this is good, good advice. And she's also just such a badass. She's amazing. I 100% agree. Um, I felt like I could like run through a wall after that. Like, but for <laughs> myself, you know, like, cause I just felt like she was like, I was so you know, the way she put it, like, you're, you deserve this, like, you can do this stuff. Um, 
And I love that she gave us a challenge, which we have to do. And I hope all of you guys do it. And if you do record it, tag us at Next Woman Up Podcast and tag at Pap Talk Her. Um, so we can see that you completed the challenge and how you did. And who knows, maybe we'll get some free candy. I'm, I'm here for it. Like, I, I don't like to accept the no. I think you know that already. So I'm kind of willing to, to bargain and do what I have to do. But um, also, guys, she did mention her um, her career challenge and her coaching. If you go to peptalker.com slash challenge, you can learn more about it. But I think Maggie is awesome. And it's definitely an app that you guys should look into. For sure. So you guys know where to find us. Next one up pod at gmail.com. Next one up podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.